This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Yes, you heard me, $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. (laughs) Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the Super Bowl 55. Terms, condition, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Very long away games, but I guess home, homebound we are. Mason, how are you, bud? I'm fucking freezing. How are you, Corey? You're freezing. Freezing my balls up off up here, bro. Is it cold? Is it cold it's up there? Fucking cold, man. It's funny because you just said you guys weren't. It was a an, an irregularly hot winter. Okay, it, it has been a hot fucking snowless winter which fucking sucks but today oh my goodness it was a cold one it was a cold one i don't know if you saw it but like uh there was like record-breaking freeze up in like kazakhstan and shit like that like 51 below and had like uh animals freezing in place and shit i fucking felt terrible i mean i feel like 
If I expect any news article to come out of Kazakhstan, animals freezing in place sounds pretty accurate. Now I'm just thinking of Borat. <laughs> I think of Castle. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just think of Borat meets uh, Dobie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, sorry, we're a little off track there. That's fine. Talking about cold and freezing. That does not describe the Montreal Canadiens right now. Off to a blistering hot pace to start the season. First in the NHL. Now, we've done this a lot the last few, like last five years. We started first like three times almost, I would say. Maybe last six. Like we have had some hot starts. So I'm not going to jump the gun too soon. And, you know, I know you might expect me, the most negative, angry fucking human on Habs Twitter and Habs podcast to come out and curse the refs. But instead, I'm going to praise our team because, holy shit, these first six games, I have just loved watching hockey. Like, the refs have pissed me off, obviously, but our just our team as a whole has just impressed me beyond my wildest expectations for the start of this year. I love it. Um, I've, I'm a little nervous. Um, I feel like... Like, this is a brand-new team, but I'm still expecting the same, like, Habs fall apart soon. And I don't want to be that way. It's just from it happened numerous times. So, like, I'm excited to see what the guys can bring together. Because this seems like a team that doesn't – that isn't going to have that type of problem. Um, But, you know, nothing's guaranteed. But, I mean, we talked right before the season started was going to be a tough six road games. And truthfully – didn't really seem that tough. There was moments in every game where it seemed like we were on our edge, and we have just been a scoring phenomenon as of late. Yeah, leading the league in goals and even strength goals, even strength goals, sorry, shorthanded goals as well. Um, Almost everyone has pitched in on the goal scoring department, and it's just been thrilling to watch. I think my favorite goal – Definitely the best one of the year was last night to seal the win. Joel Edmondson sniped an absolute <laughs> beauty from his own end. Fucking right on the net. Gorgeous. I, even if there was a goalie in the net, I think he probably still could have had a chance of going in. Just an absolutely magnificent shot. It's funny because uh, right before that happened, I was like, they have been like really fumbling the pass in the neutral zone of like us knocking it back into the neutral zone. I was like, just put Anderson out there. He's, he's clearly the fastest person in these past three games. He's, I mean, he just broke past everybody multiple times in in the, in the final game against Vancouver in this little series we had. Um, I was like, just give it to him. He'll find it. You know, he'll fly past everybody. Instead we get like fucking Joel Edmondson getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday coming up, you know, with his best, fucking hail mary pass oh yeah it was <laughs> on what a great game too uh you want to talk we brought him up so we might as well discuss um joel edmondson and uh we are going to insert uh the the clip we had from i believe friday night yeah let's that. let's go ahead and and just throw that in there before we get on to the final game let's just knock that out real quick so folks um uh, obviously after the joel armia hit 
the terrible roughing from both sides because it's it truly now that it's it's looked at as a whole, it was just bad roughing on both sides. But the Habs always seem, at least for us, and I'm sure for y'all, that we get the short end of the stick. But we had a little something to say. Mainly Mason was like, please, let's do something. And I was like, yeah, we can knock something out. So we got a little clip for y'all uh, as to how we were doing after game two. All right. How are you, Corey? I don't know. Like, uh, I want to be excited, but I'm more worried about the health of Armia right now, dude. But what a what a victory! You know, what a what a big win. So, if you don't haven't clued in yet, we're recording this right after, like, literal minutes after the fucking Habs Canucks game on um, what was it? What was it? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> it's Friday now because it was in Vancouver start at nine 30 and it's fucking one in the morning, basically. Oh, but wow. we're here putting in the grind for you guys. Cause I've got some shit to say. And I know Corey does too, but I just, just think it's fuck- funny that you messaged me after the first intermission. It was like, Hey, can we get a quick, uh, you know, a little quick material? We got, I gotta, I gotta put it down now. Cause I don't want to forget it. I don't want this rage to go away without having okay. it recorded. <clears throat> I can't, I cannot artificially create the pure amount of rage I had when I texted Corey, (laughs) but oh my fucking God, are the NHL refs so goddamn bad this year? Like, holy shit. I have not seen a more blatant display of amateur officiating and just pure fucking bias in an NHL game. I, I'm not even fucking making sense. I'm not even speaking coherent words. And I was more mad than I... I was more mad earlier. Maybe it would have been a fucking mess if we were doing... Like, just... If you didn't watch this game, because I understand that for our listeners in Quebec especially, it's fucking late. Like, I get it. But you probably <laughs> probably tuned in for the first period at least. And that's where it was the worst. Holy shit. And to... There are so like I'm having trouble remembering certain penalties because there was just so many of them. I think it was eight against Montreal tonight. Something ridiculous, seven or eight. But the worst one has got to be the one on Nick Suzuki. He got a slashing call for being tripped, and I understand his stick grazed fucking Bo Horvat. Yeah, because he was falling on his ass after getting yanked to the ice. And he was trying to recover his balance. But, you know, at least at the very least, and I still would have been mad, give it a coincidental and give them both and we'll go to four on four. But no, the ref's just fucking horrible. Drew ain't got a penalty for, I don't fucking know, like playing hockey. Yeah, it was a tough was, call. Uh, just just to help you, it was uh, nine, nine penalties. No, it was even fucking worse than I thought it uh, was. No, I'm sorry. It was it was nine for them, five for us. <laughs> oh, before before before, before I send you down the wrong road. Oh, it was fucking brutal. And Vancouver picked up a shit ton at the very end. And yeah, that's the only reason gonna, they out they out penalized us. It's just gonna, the end. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. But Montreal halfway through the game was tied 2-2 two to two with Vancouver, and we were out shooting them 21-7 to seven because Vancouver had scored 
two power play goals. And I don't have the stats offhand. We'll, you know, we're going to insert this into the Sunday fucking episode where we're going to be more prepared and we'll probably tell you the stats right after this initial rage rampage here. But I, I want to know the accumulated amount of penalties against Montreal or just penalties call called so far in this series. So added from last game as well. It's fucking ridiculous. And while I do think it was far worse for Montreal tonight, Vancouver fans should be absolutely livid too, because holy shit, the refs just had some sort of urgent desire to just insert themselves into this game. Like, I don't want, and how many times have I said this, Corey? I don't want to notice the refs in a hockey game. These past two games have been uh, the refs trying to get, like, third star. Fucking, you're right. Like, literally. (laughs) They have inserted themselves into these games, and they have made themselves a factor. And they have called some light shit against Vancouver, and I don't want to ignore that because I don't want to sound like a homer. But, oh, my God. Did Montreal get screwed this game? And I understand we won 7-2, so I can't be that upset. But Joel Edmondson, I think it's just because... Sorry, I'm going to backtrack there. I know I'm all over the place. But I think it's because our team is just so fucking good that we still won. But for example, Joel Edmondson got a penalty for interference. And I get that he hit a guy late into a period. Like, Uh, like uh, there was like two seconds left. Sorry, you don't You finish your checks. Exactly, and the game was the game was close at that point. So you know you want to have that physical advantage. You want to show you're not giving up. And if the if you know I think it was JT Miller was just skating and like was kind of like clearly not playing. I get it, but he was trying to make a play with a puck. Still, Edmondson did what he was supposed to do. That is not a fucking penalty, and it was just. It's just stupid. Like the the refs really needed to fuck off this game, and if it's like this on uh, the third and final game of this series, I'm gonna be off my rocker. But holy fuck, has this been a series? Um, and holy shit, is it gonna be after that? Just slimy, disgusting hit by Tyler Myers with two minutes left in the game and Corey I know I've kind of taken the floor for this but you like we talked and I'm just going to speak for you here I'm sorry but (laughs) you were saying said to me you couldn't even feel happy for the win because you're so worried about Armia and I'll let you I'll leave you to it now and you can say your piece from there uh so just just to help you out just uh to back yours up so just in two games just on the Habs themselves it's been 24 minutes of PK time and in these two games, it has just been astronomically stupid. That's atrocious. And truthfully, this is what's a little upsetting, right? So if the Canucks didn't accumulate so much tonight, the previous game they only had one, they only had one penalty. One penalty, and tonight they had uh, if I'm not mistaken, nine, right? So they have accumulated 28. So that's four minutes more than we do. And, and that's just because. Of, well, and um, one of them, and one of them was a five minute major. Yeah. So like, and I, I think know, one I know, was granted, too many. I know. Yeah. Too many men on the ice. 
because uh, we thought it was going to be on that kind of uh, slash or cross check. I'm not sure what it was. Kind of kind of late now, but uh, it was against uh, Josh Anderson. But the ref was just checking on Josh Anderson, not um, seeing if he had drawn blood, anything like that. But anyway, uh, now granted, we we won by a large factor tonight, but still in all, it was very hard to play. Like if I legit went to the bathroom and came back and we were up three goals, like I, I missed all of it. Oh, I missed you the amazing minute, of, and I'm so stupid. You, you know, I should have just put it on my phone and just took it in the bathroom for a second. But I figured, I figured, you know. Uh, with that goal being scored, I had a second. They were probably going to show a replay. I figured they'd go to commercials, some dumb shit like that. It didn't happen. But, you know, these games are going to be close, like, just because of the way the refs are trying to be a part of this game more than the players right now. Um, but I just want to go to uh, to Joel, uh, Yoel Armia real quick. So, this guy's been having an incredible. Uh, well, just an, well, well, just for this game, four points, two goals, two assists, career high for him in a game, four points. Yeah, phenomenal um, game. By not just Mir. that, if I'm not mistaken, it was his 300th game in the NHL. Yep. Um, this dude is when he gets hot, he's a cornerstone for this team, and it's amazing to see him do well. And this is a game that really makes you believe that our depth is really going to take us places. But then you have just – I'm trying to stay as calm as I can. No, don't stay pe- calm. But there's people in this house, you know, but, like, I'm trying to just keep this rage to a minimum. But, like, when you have a game like that on your 300th game and some fucking stupid giraffe just takes <laughs> an ugly, disrespectful – uncalled for just high hit and and i don't care they said the same thing about gallagher during the bubble well if he was fucking taller it wouldn't have been on his head i'm sorry if you're that fucking big then you know damn well your entire career from whenever you got to this freakish fucking height till now you know you can't fucking make hits like that on a short guy just because you know you are going to fucking target them the wrong way you're a piece of shit for that and everybody's on twitter like oh he's he's getting suspended so you don't have to worry about it no i don't trust the nhl to suspend this guy Uh, there's a great chance he'll be in saturday i don't give a fuck what they have to say i just plan based off of what happened to us last season i don't see i'm not i'm not expecting this to come out i I don't give a fuck i i could this if this was Austin fucking Matthews, you can guarantee Tyler Myers is going to be out for time. But you're right. It's NHL, little Yoel Armia. Yeah, they don't games. give a shit about Joel Armia or Yoel Armia. They don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Do they I, don't give a fuck about the Canadians. Do I think that he's going to be suspended? Yes, I do. Because the NHL has been very specific about headshots. And he did get the game misconduct in-game. So I am confident that they will give him a suspension, but I don't think it's going to be for long at all. And I think if you look at this, and I'm pissed off right now, and I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, I'm a little biased. And maybe we'll talk about, we'll be having a conversation Sunday, and I'll backpedal on this. You can't tell me that was not a targeted assault on Joel Armia. He had four points. 
he had burned Tyler Myers for a like a toe drag goal. I believe Tyler Myers. I might be wrong about this. But he was lighting it up. There were two minutes left. You were losing by four goals or three goals. I'm sorry. You were not going to win that game. It was a nothing play. And a guy who had already spent, already taken three trips to the penalty box, had, was having a tough game, had been burned by Joel Armia in the corner, I know as a fact, and I think for a goal, comes in, like you said, with his freakish-ass giraffe height, just nails him in the face. And from one angle, it looked like it was like coincidental contact, like accidental. But from the other, oh my God, he leaned into his head. There's two angles that just show clearly that at that size, you were targeting. And, and I am sorry, but, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Joel, you can't use the fucking height excuse because Joel or me is a tall ass motherfucker. He's a big dude. He's like 6'2". And like you said, if you're six foot seven, you've made the NHL. You've been in this league as long as Tyler Myers has. You know how to hit a guy without creaming him underneath the jaw. So as a Montreal Canadiens fan, as a hockey fan, as a human fucking being, this is a sincere go fuck yourself, Tyler Myers. And I can't wait till we play you again and someone can knock your fucking teeth out of your head. Because I guarantee this team is going to be coming for him just based on the reactions of five foot eleven Arturi Lekkinen and five foot eleven Jake Evans going after this giraffe instantly, no questions asked, no hesitation, and that that's a big boy. They didn't care. This team is going to go after Tyler Myers, and if the NHL doesn't really lay down the law, it's going to be fucking ugly. I just think it's. I mean, you're 100% right. Like, his numbers been quartered. Like, he's been drawn. He, it's going to fucking happen. Um, we got, what, seven seven more games against these guys. God, not a math guy. You can fucking just hear that in the pause. But um, he got seven more games. This hit's coming on this guy. He's being targeted. But it's just like, how – fucking dare you like you're mad at this this third line who has just decimated your entire team like disrespectfully in two games you got Tyler Toffoli five goals Jesperi Kakanemi one and Joel Armia one like or two one of them's got two I don't, I don't give a fuck right now I'm just saying like this line has single-handedly kept the games as close as they can be and as disrespectfully good offensive on our end and you just destroyed that line. Like, Paul Byron, he, you said he came back before we got on. That's awesome, right? Yolel Armia is out probably at least a game on, I'm going to just say, you know, concussion protocol. You, We might get a chance to see Corey Perry. But but even that, like, that's okay. That's cool. But we're, we're losing. we're losing the best fucking line we have right now against this team. And it's so fucked up. I'm sorry that they lost two defensemen. Okay, you got an old-ass guy in Edler, and then the – I forgot the dude's name off the top of my I head. Just before you continue, um, right now, uh, Arpon Besso confirms Claude Julian says Joel Armia has been diagnosed with a concussion. Son of a bitch. This is so fucking stupid. This is – I'll – 
I mean, you know, like this happens in in a in the NHL. This happens in a season. But motherfucker, dude, I don't think this is gonna stop us from from the run we're on. But Yoel Omria has been playing great hockey for us. You knew he was gonna have. I wouldn't say he was gonna have a night like this. I didn't. I didn't expect a night like this. You know, but having Tala Toffoli and KK, who's been arguably the best center other than I would actually say Jake Evans at this point as uh, is, is just playing as a true center right now. I think KK has been lights out, just playing the body, playing tough, playing a complete game. But that is the best line right now. It was a complete package. And I remember saying, you know, game one, I was like, oh, we just need a little bit more chemistry. You know, KK and Armia, they play well against, you know, they're, they're two fins. You bring it in top titty. It's, it's going to work out. It's going to balance itself out. We just saw that happen. And this fucking skyscraper took it from us because he was fucking upset. He's, he's been getting, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a Pat Maroon, like, like you took a cheap hit because you've been getting your ass fucking busted. Your coach is probably fucking beating down on you. Why is this fucking line busting you the entire night? Probably exactly two games in a fucking row now make a difference, but fuck dude. Like I'm just upset. Just instant reaction. I'm, disgusted <laughs> not the way Joel Armia's night should have ended if the NHL player safety doesn't come down on this there's gonna be another rant I promise you that and the most fucked up part of this is they were teammates for five for four years in Winnipeg and you do that to a guy Tyler Myers can go fuck himself Every person I see, all these Canucks fans on Twitter saying he should have kept his head up, can okay. go fuck themselves. Okay, that's fine. But then at the same time, if he need- it's okay. not fine. Listen, because he needed you know to what? keep his head up. That's fine if they want that argument. But you, <sighs> as a person, are targeting this man. Your eyes are on the prize, and you take this cheap shot. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Five seconds. No. He moved for five seconds. Knew exactly what the fuck he wanted to do. There is no world in which I take the head up excuse for a hit like that. Because it's not like, watch the fucking hit. It's not like Armia's head was straight down. He was gathering a loose puck. He was looking beside him. His head wasn't fucking down. He was looking at the boards. It wasn't head down playing with the puck in the middle of center ice. No. So to that excuse is fucking tired. It's fucking old. And honestly, it means you're a, probably a piece of shit. I'm sorry. It's such a dumb excuse. If you watch that play, you should know that is not the player's fault. Tyler Myers' eyes are locked on Armia the whole time. Not only does he hit him in the head, he's coming from the blind side. It is a hit the NHL has been trying to get rid of for a long time. So that I don't, there's just no fucking excuse for that. And I'm also seeing on Twitter now that an early word from player safety is Myers might escape suspension, which I'm hoping is just bullshit. But we're going to have a lot to talk about on Sunday, especially regarding this hit. And I just want to reiterate my go fuck yourself to Tyler Myers because fuck am I pissed off right now. Send send your fucking... uh... Send your fucking Twitter squad out, dude. But make a fucking meme or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, but I mean, I think we've ranted 
for far enough. Uh, like I said, we just wanted to get kind of a reaction out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to add, I'm I'm done and I'm excited to, uh, you know, continue this discussion on Sunday. Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll just finish it with this. Okay. So I, I, I just remember everyone saying like, this is going to be a difficult year. This could be a difficult year for scoring for us. Right. So the lowest we've ever lowest we scored the season is three goals, the highest seven. I mean, tonight, if you were a betting man using DraftKings, uh, the over was 9.5, like, like, like we're just playing great. Um, despite the negativity, uh, in the upsetness and in, in our in our voices right now, um, we're just playing lights out. So I hope we can we can continue to do that. And when Armia comes back, he just comes back into this this tight netted pillow that is a high scoring, high offensive uh, Habs team. I think you're right. I mean, I think the Habs should be expected to uh, be the favorites next game too, right? Especially oh, coming off a game like that I, and with this motivation, I would even if even if we lost this game, you come in you. If that hit doesn't say we win this fucking game for Armia, then just fucking forfeit this this season. I'm sorry. Play play for your teammates. So yeah, uh, if you couldn't tell, a little bit livid after that game, and uh, I guess I owe you an apology, Corey. Um, I thought for once, once in their existence the Department of Player Safety would just finally fucking do the right thing. But apparently, unless you are fucking Captain Underpants, Sidney Crosby, or Connor McDavid, the Department of Player Safety does not give a single flying fuck about your safety. They don't give a shit. And just <laughs> uh, like Brian Burke, who I fucking love. I own his book. I love you. You're fucking a great hockey mind, a legend of the game, just truly like just a phenomenal, just person, human being too. Like if you haven't read his book, Burke's Law, I really highly recommend it. But like what a shit take saying that, oh my God, because Tyler Myers is tall, they made the right call. They didn't make the right fucking call. I'm sorry. It sounds biased, but come on. Joel Armia is six foot three. You've only got four inches on him. I don't see Weber headshotting someone every time he hits them. Like, I don't see him headshotting fucking Crosby, who is six or not six, five inches shorter than him when he hits him. I don't see, I've never seen Weber do that. That was a dirty fucking play from a dirty player who's always in the fucking box. And, you know, for a league that claims they're trying to get fighting out, which I disagree with, you sure fucking basically set up what happened in the opening five minutes of the Montreal game and things could have been a lot worse, but, you know, speaking on Joel Edmondson earlier, he stepped up, was actually chirping at Myers in the pregame, basically saying like, you knew, you know, I have coming. to, you know, I have to, I have to run you. Like this yeah, is going to be my goal, you know, my role on this team. And he wasn't thing is like, Sometimes guys get – they'll give you, like, a tap for, like, thank you for sticking up, right? Like, stepping up, you answered mm-hmm. the call. That, for starters, I hate staged fights. That was actually a good one. 
Joel Myers got like one shot in. Edmonton just kept fucking swinging. He got him up into the Vancouver bench, just kept throwing. The refs got his right arm. He started throwing them with the left. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> fucking loved it. But there was no like respect shown after that. There was no tap. After the game, Edmondson said, like, I I I appreciate that he fought, but I still think it was a dirty like there's some bad blood there. And the next few Montreal Cups games are gonna be much watch, must watch, sorry. And even Julian's comments before um, our third and final game against them were kind of saying shit was coming. Like he was not pleased. He was not happy and basically said Montreal was going to handle it. And I'm glad they handled it the way they did. And I'll let you cut in here in a sec, Corey. I just have to finish up. I'm glad they did it in the way they did, meaning they got it out in the first five minutes and then they played hockey. They didn't allow – Joel Armia's injustice and their fury against Tyler Myers ruined the game. I was really scared they were going to take a bunch of stupid penalties, but no, Edmondson went out there, beat the shit out of him, and that was it. And then we continued to see the dominant performance that we've been accustomed to all year. I love it. I love it. Uh, I think I think everybody, including yourself, who had a little problems with Joel Edmondson coming into this, I feel like he's fitting – like a good shoe, like a very comfortable slipper into this role. And I'm not seeing as much hate anymore. And I love it. And um, like you said, stage fighting is whack, but this fight had to happen. I think it was a statement to prove that we're not a push around team anymore and to stick up for your, you know, stick up for Joel Armia. Um, And what better person to do it than Joel Edmondson, who everybody is for some reason, just like, He's not worth the money. He ain't doing his shit, but he's been very good. And um, it almost feels like we have like a Brandon Prost back on this team. Uh, and granted, it was just one little fight, but it's just like to know that somebody's like, hey, somebody's got to answer for that. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem fucking doing it. It's got Prosty all over it. So I'm super fucking excited to have that back here, even if it's, you know, we don't get to see a lot of it anymore, but. It's awesome to know that we have someone who ain't who does not have a problem ringing somebody's bell. Yeah, for sure. And I think we have a bunch of guys who are willing to step up, even after the initial hit. Jake Evans and Lekkinen instantly jumped on Tyler Myers, and that's, needless to say, a different weight class when you're six foot and five eleven. Absolutely. So yeah, I just I love the heart this team's shown and. I love the way they could go back and just focus on their game. They like, I, I don't know. It was just a, I don't want to say a perfect performance against Vancouver because I think we still need to stay out of the penalty box, but it's a performance that I expect. I, I'm almost expecting to see it now. We're only six games in, but this team just has great chemistry and the pace in which they play is just astounding. Like, Vancouver is not a slow team by any means. They have one of the best skaters in the NHL, Quinn Hughes, on their defense. And I just think Montreal, the way they possess the puck in the zone, the way they move around constantly, it really like outmatched Vancouver for all three games. I know Vancouver beat us in the shootout, but we know how I felt about that game's officiating. And in the end, we lost in a skills competition. So to go out of a six game road trip with 10 out of a possible 12 points is just fucking amazing. And even Julian said he 
had to be honest, he was really fucking happy with our team's performance. I don't know how you couldn't couldn't be. Um, it's one note I can say about the final game is that um, face-offs have been kind of a, a rough subject as of late. Um, just they, they've been relatively close. This game was kind of bad, though. We were 39% to the Canucks 61. We got a little, little improvement on that. But um, I think that it was really awesome that Elias Petterson decided not to wake up at all the series. Um, and I guess we've kind of gotten a break with the last two teams because Edmonton um, had the same thing. We just couldn't wake the fuck up. But uh, I'm just happy that their, their new kid, that uh, Hoglander kid also, like, last game they decided to do something in the third period. But that's fine. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just happy with a fucking performance. And, and they they're big people. Well, two of their bigger people just didn't come to this three-game road show. Yeah, I I think you have to credit Montreal a little bit, and um, I don't think you ever truly shut down McDavid, Drysdale. Those guys are just fucking phenomenal. They're gonna get their points eventually, but Montreal has not made it easy on opposing player opposing teams top players. Quinn Hughes was harassed all three games, and I understand mm-hmm. it's his second year, but he is one of the faces of that franchise already at a young age. He's their best defenseman. And Montreal just harassed him, played the body constantly and was fumbling. Like he seemed he his head was on a swivel. Like he was very nervous to get hit and was making frantic passes that you don't usually see Quinn Hughes make. Um, yeah, just totally threw him off his game, which if you can do that to a guy like Quinn Hughes, you're doing something right and it's going to help you succeed. Same with Pedersen. I think he was getting frustrated because that's a guy who I made a comment after the first game to one of my buddies. He fucking scares me because he just sits on the bench and there's no emotion. Mm-hmm. About two minutes into that last game, that third game, he like whacked the ice with his stick. And that's not something you see Pedersen do. And granted, he did, I believe he got a tip. Yeah, a deflection, a goal. Yeah, he got a goal, a deflection goal. Yeah, but to see, to rile up Patterson is. A it seems big like it's going to take a lot. Absolutely. And um, we also, just to add to that, put him on his longest point drought of his career so far five, five games. Yeah. So good on the halves. Um, another thing about uh, Quinn Hughes, and then we can stop, but. Uh, I felt bad for Quinn Hughes. Uh, I respect him as a player. I wish he could have been one of the defensemen that we have looking at our draft pool. But um, if you look at the minutes that he has had to play, basically this whole season so far for him, it's been upwards of of 25 and up. I mean, the first game against Montreal, 27 minutes. And this entire team has basically become a check-in line. So I I felt bad for him. You had uh, Edler was – mismatched with uh, injuries and I felt like it was all on Quinn Hughes and a little bit too much pressure, especially with a brand new Montreal team that they've never seen before. I think we did a great job at, at just really disrupting, you know, what their, what their go-to would be to play against us. I think Quinn Hughes is up to it. I think that 27 minute game, he will, there was overtime as well in which he probably added an extra two minutes to that. But I do see what you're saying. It's a lot of minutes to have such a young guy who I do think is up to the task. 
And but when you consider the fact that, like you said, all of Montreal's lines check, and they all hit you, so there's no break. You're getting hit. They're coming in on the four check. They're hitting you. You go into their zone. They're hitting you. Neutral zone. They're still going to try and hit you. It's it's a tough team to play against, and I think we've seen that teams have struggled with us so far for sure. And I'm not sure who we're playing next. Actually, we're going to play it, Calgary twice. It I mean. is Calgary. That's going to be a physical game. And Absolutely. Man, I'm upset we have to wait till Thursday. Yeah, it's tough. And before we get off of this game, we have got to talk about Corey Perry. Just <laughs> have to. You guys just heard in our in our previous game kind of recap how I was afraid uh, that with Armia being out, it was going to disrupt this third line that we have. And uh, – I don't think so, because Corey Perry, uh, <laughs> it seems like he he didn't lose a step from the, from the bubble. So I no. love that I love that they called the penalty on him, and he did nothing. But the presence of Corey Perry just deserves a penalty, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The officiating remains horrible. They uh, like every fan complains about the officiating, and I think every fan thinks that. Your team is getting fucked. Yeah, it's just part of being a fan in any sport, whether that's basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, fucking rugby. Like, everyone thinks the refs are fucking them. But the officiating in that that three-game series in Vancouver, I think, was just rough (laughs) for everyone. And it slowed the fuck – like, it just slowed the game down. It made it so fucking slow. And we didn't like two of the games. We didn't even get post-game analysis because they'd lasted so long, even with overtime, it was like 30 minutes over what they were scheduled to be. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're you're blowing the whistle every two, three minutes. And that's not an exaggeration for one of those games where there was like mm-hmm. 14 penalties or something. Like it's ridiculous. The refs do not need to be, that involved in a game and i think it just as a not only as a player's experience but as a fan's experience it's just frustrating you're just sitting there go let them play Uh, but it is what it is i'm hoping it gets better as the year goes on because we have to remember that it's been a long time for the refs too a lot of them are probably rusty i'm hoping that this is just the regular first few games of the season where the refs kind of crack down everything and then it lacks it it gets more lax as the season progresses but we'll have to see um yeah i guess we'll um i'm not sure do we have the same officiating crew for the calgary series do you know i'm not sure i'm not sure either but i'm sure it's not that hard to find out but yeah okay um, so just in those three games that's 98 penalty minutes combined. <laughs> uh, that's that's wonky, boy. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, that's more than a. That's almost that's a game and a half spent. Well, more than a game and a half spent in the penalty box. Yeah. Um, is- I hope this group doesn't follow with us because if I'm being honest, um, I only realized like I don't I don't realize I. Jesus, Corey. I didn't notice the ref 
sounding like this in the previous uh, games. I think it's just Vancouver's. Oh, the guy who was like, he sounds a like two minute minor penalty on that guy. <laughs> he sounds like Shorzy yeah. from Letterkenny. And um, I can't think of his name, but that's who you reminded me of was Shorzy from Letterkenny because he, he, I just heard it so much. And I think that that has got to be just Vancouver's officials, like, or at least I have no idea. The I've West never officials. heard. I've never heard that ref. I don't think I've. Ha- I, I think his I've... last name's Pollock. Yeah, I've never heard of him, and I don't think <laughs> the Habs have had him before. But I don't know if he's a rookie official. It was super. The first time he spoke, I just would kind of like, whoa, like, yeah, he definitely sounds like the kind of guy. I'm. I'm attacking a man i'm sorry but like sounds like the kind of kid that definitely wanted to be like the ref on the schoolyard you know what i mean like yeah you're not playing by the like he has that like (laughs) just nasally like a weird squidward sound he that's what he sounded like there was there was the one where he went that's two minutes 94 for boarding (laughs) oh my god (laughs) <laughs> that's funny um <laughs> oh fuck well uh last thing price saw uh, 350 wins after that amazing amazing win against vancouver to close out this road run um so that's that's gotta feel good it's gotta feel amazing and he's the fifth was it fifth youngest yes i sixth? believe so Fifth youngest goalie to ever reach 350 wins, which is incredible. Um, yeah, I, I, we can go on forever about Carey Price and his accomplishments. And just, <laughs> there's a laundry list of them. But I don't want to sound too critical. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm not too concerned yet, but I do think it is a subject, um, a topic we should cover. I don't think Price looked very good in Vancouver, to be perfectly honest. Um, it just seemed to me like he was – like he made – don't get me wrong, he carried Price. He made some big saves. But some of the goals he let in, he just didn't really move. And I just don't know – especially in the first game, the shootout. Yeah. He just didn't move. And I don't know if he just wasn't tracking the puck well or if he was really not being able to see past the bodies. I don't know. He just – Seems off. Had a bit of an off night. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's just me or if you noticed it as well. I just, I don't know. Something was a little off with Carey Price. and I don't know. I think it's a little too early to tell, but it's also not helping that. I mean, like they said previously, like he didn't get to sit a game for 12 games last oh. season, and he got to two games into this yeah. one. And he oh. is a slow starter. Like, and it's like, not helping that Jake Allen's looking pretty pretty good too, you know. But granted, every time Jake Allen comes in, it's the second time we've played these, you know, whatever team it is, the Oilers or Vancouver. So we we've already got like a we already understand how to play against them, and we have a better game. So it, it's kind of helping Jake Allen in that sense. I feel, but um, I, there's a couple of players. I feel like Shea Weber looked a little has looked a little off in these past six. I feel like uh Deneau one game like got like maybe ten minutes of ice time. He just wasn't was not having a good a good night. 
Um, but I think it's still too early to like lock in like, oh, we're seeing, you know, digression in oh. their play. I think that's far from yeah, it. Yeah, that's you know, not just... what I'm saying at all. I just I agree with the Weber take. I just think maybe the older guys you're older, you're not able to get right back into game pace right away, right? And I wonder if that's kind of what we're seeing. Um but any sort of bad play from Weber, and we got it. I just want to. I don't know. We're probably running on time here. We'll finish it up. Um, Jeff Petrie has made covered for any mistake and made up for any poor play from Weber with his just fucking phenomenal start to the season. Uh, seven, I believe, seven points, leads defenseman, tied for second in the NHL. Nice. Just played amazingly so far. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I've seen him play better than this. Like we've seen him really dominate when Weber's kind of been injured or playing poorly, but his puck possession, his carries into the offensive zone, um, the way he's quarterbacked the power play, and granted our power play still isn't great, but when he's been out there, it's been decent and yeah i just i don't know what he did in the off season but this guy just gets better and better every single year he's aging like a fine wine i can't i can't agree more um i guess this is a good way to close it out let's try something new um and just these six games that we've got to witness so far of this soon to be amazing season by the Habs. um who is the one let's just put it this way who is the one player that you've been super proud, maybe one person who's really um, caught your eye or has exceeded expectations in these. Uh, well, I think, you know, who I'm going to say. And probably the same. I mean, we can one, two, three, it and say his name. Jake Evans, right? Jake fucking Evans. <laughs> this My kid's awesome. And I, you know, I fucking told you. That's all I have to say. I've been high on this guy for fucking years, and I've said it a few times on the podcast. Um, he just continues to blow expectations of a lot of people out of the water. Um, his progression since even just last year is phenomenal. He's fucking fast now. He was not that fast last year. Um I don't know. I just every part of his game I have loved so far, and things are going right for him. He almost scored another shorthanded goal in that last game. Uh, ringed it right off the bar. It was bullshit. <laughs> like I almost feel like I don't want to leave the Jake Evans discussion to for the end. I almost want to focus on it for our uh, Thursday. Our Thursday. We episode. could bring it back. I mean, there's there's no way. He deserves, we, we have, he deserves more justice. There's no way this. that we have to like be like, okay, that's the last time we're gonna talk about Jake Evans. Like, I think it's I think it's a great way to end. Um, well, you know, what? let's do this. Okay, how about uh, since we've we've named uh, a forward, how about a defenseman? I think we already know. <laughs> well, there's an obvious one in Romanov, but I'm gonna change up the tone and say Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak looked. Like, he knew what he was doing that last game. I was so impressed with him. And, you know, the thing is, like, I agree with you. I'm not surprised, though, in a way, because 
we saw it last year. He played with Petrie almost the whole year. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who can complement anyone he plays with. He can change his style. He can rush in on the offense. He can play defensively. He's just a total two-way guy, and he knows how to make his partner better. You know, who did, who did he set up last game? Suzuki. And oh, that's what I mean. Flush. Does it, doesn't join the rush often, but when he does, he chooses his time perfectly. You never see Brett Kulak do a stupid rush. You never see him get out of position defensively. He just – and I think a lot, lot of – Jesus Christ. Sorry, I can't <laughs> speak. A little bit of lard. <laughs> a lot of what – Romanov has accomplished this year and a lot of his success I think we can really give to credit to Brett Kulak in you know kind of staying back and covering him when he rushes you know kind of sheltering him in a way and I don't think Romanov really needs it but I do think we would be really um doing an injustice to Brett Kulak and not giving him the credit where it's due and saying yeah like Romanov probably benefits a lot from playing next to him the same way Petrie did last year. That was um, brilliantly said. And I feel like maybe I didn't pay too much attention to Kulak right off the bat because I was just so impressed with Romanov. But this final game that just happened, excuse me, um, I was able to like – he was just making very good plays on both sides. And um, I just started following him a little bit more. And um, I was very impressed with his play in this final game. And um, I just love that. I love that line. I think he pairs amazingly well with Romanov. And same thing with last season against with, with Petey. Um, I mean, I think we've locked in our decor <laughs> in six games. And it, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. Like uh, when they, when everybody was like, okay, they might bring in Mete to play as a forward and I'm like, okay, that's fine because I don't see a spot where he could be beneficial on the D right now. I just, I, I wouldn't jumble these. I wouldn't jumble these lines for nothing. No, I think Kulak could easily be because of that. And like what you said, like, I don't see Mete having, I just having a place. I don't see the D being mixed up at all. Um, it's going to have to take an injury for Mete to come in. That's I think that's what we're both trying to say. Yeah, and it that, almost, that's the only he way he's it almost f- did. Yeah. He almost played wing for Paul Byron. Mm-hmm. And I think Mete would be the obvious guy to lose neither a trade, which Elliot Freeman reported that there are a lot of teams interested, which obviously, like, clearly, because he's 22 years old, he's been a full-time NHLer, close to 200, no, probably more than that, probably over 200 games already quick just doesn't fit with our style of d um or an expansion draft kind of guy where you Mm -hmm. i think if you make him available he's probably going to get picked i think a big chance though is that we lose brett kulak in the expansion draft but that's a topic for another day as the season grows older we'll have more clarity upon that and uh but i like where your mind went though uh brent i mean victor mete has got 171 games played in the nhl um but my mind went to that too it doesn't seem like victor mete is going to get a chance it's going to have to take an injury for him to to play because this defensive our defensive core right now 
it's like on NHL when you get a plus three. Like, there's no way you're messing with these lines unless need be. So I, I almost, you know, I feel bad for Victor Mete. He might have to play as a forward to get any ice time if if a D-man doesn't get injured. But um, my mind did go initially to, uh, damn, I hate to say it, like this might be, he might be someone that gets traded, you know, to keep away from any of our, our big guys or an expansion dealt player, 22 years old. That's a, that's a great, that's a great age with 171 games under your belt. Yeah. He's like only 29 now. I thought he was 22. He's only um, 22. Yeah. So like I said, that'll be a topic for another day. as the season grows older and uh, we really see how these guys perform over the long stretch. But uh, I think that's going to probably do it for today. Unless you had anything else to add. No, uh, we can close it out with that uh, folks. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a, a great start to your week and we'll talk to you guys Thursday. Um, if you guys liked what we did at the end there, uh, why don't you let us know on, on Twitter, who was your favorite or most improved player that y'all saw in these past six games. We'd love to talk to you guys about it, but please follow us on Twitter at Habs nightly and Bayou benders. If you could like and give us a subscription uh, to wherever you're listening to said podcast, that would be amazing. And uh, we'll talk to y'all next time. This has been Habs nightly. Good night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.